0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope you're doing well. Now, Pierce, ask you a question, actually. I'm asking you a question. When was the last time you competed in a professional <laughs> golf event?
1: <laughs> he didn't know I was gonna ask him that, by the way. Didn't know he was gonna ask me that, and I can't tell you. I would say it would probably be. So, own scorecard. Yes. <laughs> I can't think, it's been that long. I couldn't tell you. 2012. 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Ten no, 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 ago. no, no, definitely not, no, no. 12, 13 years ago.
0: 13 years ago. So it's been a at, long, at a <laughs> long time. And actually we've been doing this for 10 years plus now. So look, we thought we'd jump on today and do this podcast because we used to compete, obviously we're coaches, but we used to play and compete when we turned pro and sort of went through the, the ranks if you like. And it was good, we enjoyed it. It was a, a good learning experience. But we had a chat the other day and we said, well, what would we do different or what would we do now if we were gonna compete again. What was, what what three things, let's say each, could we pull out that we'd go, I oh, would do these things maybe different to what, what we would usually do. And uh, we wanted to share them with you, hopefully because you guys are, are playing golf. A lot of you potentially are competing on a regular basis in a medal or be a high standard. And we thought we'll share with some of these things with you to hopefully help you. so. Let's kick off, we've got three each, we're gonna share three each. Look, there were actually a lot on there. We, we wrote quite a few down, but we said, look, for, for, to keep it concise, let's just pull three each, six things that you can do, and, and
1: potentially implement into your game to, help, to be helpful. And by the way, the fact that I probably wrote down about 15 things that I would do, the fact that you write down 15 things is great, but then for you listening to this, probably pull three out and that would probably be better for you. Yeah. And just pick three. Exactly. So let's let's start then, Pierce. Should we start on... I mean, let's start with your first yep. one. Let's go with the first
0: one of yours. What would? What's the one thing, the first one you do differently? So when we were at Three Hammers and we were coaching, so we were... we're three Hammers was a driving range in Wolverhampton. Yep. That's where we sort of started our coaching together.
1: We were obviously doing well as coaches because we were, we were really busy and we were... Doing lots of lessons, and we didn't really have much time to, to practice and hit balls. But one thing we did do whilst we were still competing, this was as well. But what we did do is we played the short course that they had there, so 18 hole short course, really good quality, um, lots of different yards ranging from 50 to 123 yards. All
0: par threes, by the way, Yep. all Everyone par threes, par three.
1: small greens, rough around them, so you'd have real small targets. And what we would do is we would just go out there and just play a match, or I'd go out there and play a match with other people as well. And what you're doing straight away is, number one, you're honing your wedge skills. So literally, the first hole was 70 yards. So if ever I had a 70-yard wedge shot, I'd be going first at the Hammers. If it was a 50 or a 48-yard wedge shot, 15th at the Hammers. And st- I didn't really have to think too much about how far the club was going back and how far the club was going through. What I was thinking about was just the image in my mind of how to play that shot to the first. So I was going on autopilot, I was going on feel was just because i was just using those shots a lot so that was you were so tuned into the yardage and yes. when it comes to wedge
0: play the yardage is everything and it, it, what was always interesting for when we played there because everything was so small we spoke to aaron about this the other day because he's been playing there recently while he's been back the greens were so tiny you'd hit a shot and you'd go let's say you pushed it you go oh, I'm miles away there yeah. it looks like a long way away you get up there and you go it's seven feet right of the flag but because the yardages were so good, yeah. it stressed that actually the accuracy wasn't that relevant if your yardages mm. were smack on because you could push it seven feet right, it looks a long way off because the target's small, but you get up there, you go, I've got a really good birdie opportunity here. So it, yeah. really, it really enhanced your ability to tune into the yardages and the accuracy as well. Yeah,
1: and look, and, and look that, that's, that's exactly that. So, and if you imagine that if you're practicing to smaller targets, how often do we put to a peg because it's smaller than the hole? this was the same sort of thing you're hitting these small targets and the confidence that you would get from hitting those and if you could play the three hammers and knock knock it round and hit every green in regulation all 18 greens in just the one shot the tee shots that would have been i don't think i ever did that but that was that would be very impressive and the other thing that you can do as well from this and which is a really big thing for a mental edge from a scoring point of view because again remember we weren't playing loads of golf we were just we were just able to hit the odd ball on the range But what we were able to do is to go out there and shoot a score. Now, because it was a par three course, you could, and you should really, I suppose, at our level, be shooting under par. So basically what I'm saying is if you play a par three course regular, yes, of course, you'll do everything we said before about honing in the wedges and playing to small targets, but you actually learn how to shoot low. Now, it doesn't matter what golf course you're on. If you're two under par, three under par, five under par, or two over par, if that's a really good score for you, whatever the score is, Your scores are going to be hopefully lower and that's just conditioning you to go, I can now shoot low. And there's a big, big thing about that. Often we'll get golfers to play off ladies tees. I'll say to junior, this is more for junior golfers actually, go and play off the ladies tees and learn how to shoot a really low score because that's actually really important.
0: And it takes the pressure as well off the long game. Knowing that you've got the wedge game to back it up, it just takes so much pressure if you've got a seven iron to there and you go, well, I've got the short game to back it up so Mm -hmm. I can just go... Free, and if I miss it
1: short-sided or I miss it in a certain place, that's still fine. It's all good training, it's all good training. Right, Andy, what's yours? What's your first one? Okay,
0: mine is practice shot-making skills more on the range. Now, I think one of the things that, that I've noticed, probably more so recently, is that when I'm on the range practicing, I'll practice technique. I'll be working very hard at ingraining or trying to ingrain, let's say, a backswing move that I've been doing for the last 15 years plus. Um, I'm trying to improve technique. And when I get on the golf course, I actually, my game switches very much into, into, into very much feel. And what I've noticed is, I hit a lot of different shots on the golf course. I'll, I'll hit, for instance, I'll hit some fades, maybe some draws, some highs, some lows, some soft seven irons or eight, like I'll vary a lot of different things. Yet on the range, my practice is not conditioning to that. So it very, it's very, very different. So what I would do differently is I would actually think about my course game, which is more varied, more shapes, more different distances. I'd, I'd work on that harder. So for instance, I'd be hitting, my seven iron probably goes 175. I, I'd be going there, okay, I'm gonna hit a, a lower flight, 165 seven iron. I'm gonna hit a high draw seven iron. I'm gonna go through the, the, the medium low and the high shots, the draws, the fades, the neutrals, and just be more creative on the, on the driving range. For a couple of reasons. First of all, I want to make sure that my my range game is somewhat close to my actual game, and I'm practicing the things that I'm going to be doing out there, so I can improve them and dial in the, the distances and the shapes, know what I've got access to. But also, I want to get into a, a state on the driving range which is very very play mode. Now, as soon as as soon as let's say you're given a given a specific task, right? I want I'm gonna start it left of that flag, lower flight, fade it back to the flag. What automatically happens is you go into your pre-shot routine mode because you're trying to imit, you know, imagine things and get into, get into the shot. When you're thinking technique, you're not picturing really the shot as much. You're, you're very much focused on movement. <coughs> so I'd wanna do it to really hone in the skills that I already do on the golf course, which I like to do and play around with different things. But second thing is I'm conditioning and training how I am on the golf course, which is using my pre- pre-shot routine, picturing the shot that I wanna play, stepping into it, executing it, and practicing that, and I'm bringing, then, <clears throat> I'm bringing in my practice to be closer to what the golf is really like out on the golf course. So instead of having them very, very different, <coughs> excuse me, one which is technique, technique, practice only, and then creativity on the, on the course, because that's really what it's about, it's the creativity, what I'd be doing is I'd be bringing the creativity onto the driving range, still working a little bit of a technique because that's important. But then it's so much easier then to transfer back onto the golf course. So adding that element in for me is something that I I would definitely put more of that into now. That I ha- like I practiced yesterday um, at Purton. Did I hit? Oh, I did hit a couple of shots actually yesterday. I did show you hit a couple. I of was, hit it, I was hitting low two, irons. low so. two irons because <laughs> we're playing a Lynx course on. <laughs> Thursday, I'm like, right, I'm going to need this shot on Thursday, so I need to start practicing it. It's another good tip, actually, there. Practice yeah. things that you that you might need. So, um, yeah, so more creative on the driving range, I think, Piers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, look, if you're listening to this now, you might be going, well, if I'm a 20 handicapper and you're talking about shot making here, I, I can't do that. I need to be at a certain level before I can get that. I actually think that is poppycock, and I think that you can work at shaping the ball, hitting it low, hitting it high at whatever level you are. And I think, look, the sooner the better, because, well, you have got to learn it at some point, point. you may as well understand it now, because what it can do, let's say if you're someone who slices the golf ball, and you work at playing some draws, you'll probably find you'll actually improve your slice as well. So look, here's the simplest thing to do. We did this with Aaron just recently. I often do this a lot myself, practicing, and we'll do it a lot with the live lessons when, we, when they have a lesson as well with us. Put an alignment stick on the ground on your target line about 20 feet from you and just see if you can start the ball right and bend it round it. See if you can start it left and bend it round it. Even if you wanna hit a a straight one, see if you can knock it out the ground, but just put an alignment stick in there and give yourself a reference point. I think you can, you'll surprise yourself in what you can do, you really will, you really will. Okay, number three. Yeah, so yeah, my second one. So that would be, have a go-to tee shot with the driver. And I think this is something that, Maybe when I competed, my go-to tee shot with a driver, if I think about it, was a three-wood or a two-iron. It really was that. It was, like, it was either driver, whack it, and, and it would go good distance and par fives were fine. But if I think about when I competed, that if I drove well, I'd be good, but if I drove badly, it would, it would be hard work. So that's when I would drop back to the three-wood or the two-iron. So now, for me, if I was to start again, it's easy for me to describe this a go-to driver for me is i tee the golf ball a little bit lower and i just basically try and hit it lower i hit the ball a little bit lower and keep it in the ground in the fairway again this is a shot i suppose we've probably both learned from aaron not how to play it as well as he does this one flight drive which goes really low but it, and it doesn't it isn't necessarily like a real low one when i do this it's just lower than normal so i know when i tee it down lower I'm not gonna be heating up on it so much. So the, the strike for me, when I tee it down low, they'll either be middle or heel. When I do that, it's either gonna be low straight or it's gonna be a low with a slight fade. Sometimes it can draw, but again, because it's not, it's not spending a lot of time in the air, it's not really gonna get out the confines of the fairway. So for me, if I think back to it, that would be a real helpful thing for me. And this is something you can try yourself. And I, I th- I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in you should have two drives in your, in your, in your locker, you should have the high bomb, and you should have the low fairway finder or the fairway finder. And one tip, and look, we've, you've probably heard us talk about this before. Jim Furyk spoke about this before. When you're trying to hit a seven iron, 175 yards in Andy's case, that's what you're focusing on when you're hitting it. Yes, of course, you're looking at the direction, the shape that you want, but you're looking at getting the exact number. How often do you stand there and go, well, I hit my driver 250, but if I wanna hit the fairway, why don't I try and hit my driver 230? And actually say, I'm gonna hit the driver 230, hold my finish, tee it low, You'd be surprised what would happen from there because it's going to actually help you create a little bit more consistency. I definitely would if you if you can be a bit wild with a driver, put that go-to fairway finder into your arsenal and give it a try.
0: Definitely, one of the one that I've done quite recently. I and we were testing it, this out in the U.S. recently. I was hitting um, 50% speed drivers, just mm. like 50% speed, and it was like it, it wasn't 50% speed, no. <laughs> but it felt it. Yeah. And it just felt so much more control. It's actually really, really hard to do. It's a mm-hmm. great one to practise because you have driver in the hand, your brain wants to go, bang, I want to hit it as far as possible. But to hit, to stand there and hit 50% speed swings, certainly feels that way. It's amazing what, what it does actually. So experiment that and uh, like you say, um, get yourself a go-to driver. Shot in the back. Okay, my next one is, where am I? I've lost it. Um, okay. Playing golf. Playing golf will make you better at playing golf. Funny that, funny that. <laughs> Which is strange, isn't it? Now, I think the, the reason this is, uh, obviously we talked about the, the driving range and spending time on the driving range. Really, really important. But you learn so much on the golf course about playing golf, getting out there and and, and we've talked about this recently, Pierce, with diff- different types of people. You know, um, A player or a gamer, Mm -hmm. even even people who swing it look like pretty crap. (laughs) You look at them and go, they're a gamer, they're a player, and they spend their time on the golf course playing golf, not on the driving range, trying to fix technique all the time, and you can just tell in in the way they move, in terms of how they swing, you can tell by the confidence that they have, because they're out there on the golf course, in the environment that golf is played, and this sort of links back to the first one really, and this is probably a little bit of why I would change my, how I play on the range, because it's so separate normally to how you are on the golf course. And then it's, you're going into a different environment which you're not necessarily quite comfortable with. And if you want to compete a lot, then you need to be playing, and competing on the golf course. Most people think, well, I'm gonna really work hard at my technique, so if I get my technique perfect when I get on the golf course, things hopefully won't go wrong. Well, the issue that you've got there is first of all, you're not gonna perfect your technique. And as we mentioned, some people out there will have look what, what, have techniques that look pretty crap, but they get the job done. They find a way to use their technique to get the golf ball to the, close to the hole and to get it in there. So for me, I'd do my practice. I'd spend less time on the range. I'd work up my game out there on the golf course. I'd make it count, I want to play for something, I'd want some consequence, I'd want some pressure. You know, just having a, a match with the guys and just, just enjoying that, but at the same time, making sure it means something and just playing a lot of golf. If we if we had, we went at, we were in, in the States recently, and we actually played a couple of weeks on the bounce. <laughs> and it was nice just actually playing consecutive golf because you then feel like you're sort of more comfortable on the golf course. And a lot of us, a lot of you guys listening to this, you just want to be more comfortable on the golf course if you're on the if you've got a great front nine and you've got a card in your hand you're not that comfortable because you're going well oh, this could be an amazing round and then and then the, the, you start to get a little bit apprehensive get ahead of yourself but if you're on the golf course playing all the time and you're competing and you're putting yourself in those situations time and time again it's not so daunting you're more comfortable and you're more likely to then be able to play and perform because it's not such a, a new thing so that that my second one there is i'd do a lot more golf on the
1: golf course i'd play more i'd practice more on the course and i'd make it count and, and that is proven by the way in both of our cases because we both played our golf at oxley park golf club and if we think about oxley park golf club it was a really competitive golf club kevin hale was a very good junior there chris ryan chris ryan golf who you know there were actually i think there were five of us turned pro within a couple of years of being in the junior section there so and, and then there were probably three or four before that as well, just in within the, the previous ten years. But Oxley had a really crap. We didn't have any practice facilities. Mm-hmm. It had a putting green. You'd have, you know, I would give lessons on the side of the 18th hole. I would have lessons there on myself on the side of the 18th hole. Uh, and I'm the, and the ninth as golfers. well. We used to do the ninth, the ninth as well. As well. We? If you took it, if you as a coach, which I was a coach there as well, and I was taking someone down, and got the shanks. You weren't coming back with any range balls on the ninth because Rob Miller. Because if you kept hitting them into the trees, you just lose all the golf balls. But basically, what I'm saying is. There were no facilities there. So what we had to do was to play golf. We had to go out there and, and just learn our craft on the golf course. So when I would finish work, I wouldn't go and hit a basket full of balls. I'd go and play four holes. And it was the best time to just go out there, play four holes of golf by yourself. I think some people actually have, have asked us, well, uh, lots of people have asked us, do you actually, could you actually play golf by yourself? Yes, and you should. And the, obviously, yes, you can compete out there like Andy was saying, also go out there and work it game as well so yeah that the, the circumstances for us forces us into that yeah. which was to play to play, play definitely which
0: good. We, it wasn't just yeah it was a, it's a good point actually we, we didn't have the environment to push us down that way and i think it was a great thing you, the, you, rain, the range yeah. was rubbish there wasn't there was nothing, there was nothing. i think you could hit nine iron to the range yeah. that was after a while but um it was too much effort as well to yeah. grab a basket of practice ball. Yeah, 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 down yeah, to yeah. the 18th and then pick all your golf balls up. It was like, forget that, I'm just gonna go on the first team and play. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so, and we're really thankful for that. Yeah. So, and it just shows, doesn't it? It just shows the importance of
1: being able to do yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yours. I've got a third one here for myself. So, uh, <laughs> this is another one. You said to me, when did I last compete 13 years ago? When did I last practice my putting? I, I've done a little bit in the last year, but probably about 13 years ago. And something that I, and I never really, I what for putting practice for me was probably playing a match on the putting green yeah. at Oxley. It was literally going around there. There were so many different games that you would play. We made up so many different games. That was brilliant. And I think that was really important, but I never really got to a point where I understood what to practice and I got bored really quickly putting practice, chipping practice, you put me around a green because there's so much creativity involved in that. I'd be there all day, putting green, I'm just looking for someone to play in a, in, a, in, a, in a game or something like that. There wasn't really any practice putting I can do. so. But I do see the value in this. And I think this is something, again, Aaron does a lot, look, a lot of the tour players, they'll often have a way of calibrating their stroke. So for me, I'd want to look at, I'd want to set up a station at the beginning of my practice routines where I'd be able to actually calibrate my putting. So that would be literally being aware that my eye line was good, my posture was good, being alive, looking at my stroke mechanics sort of a little bit, but only through maybe a putting mirror, not through video or anything like that. I'd want to know the ball was starting online. And then I'd go, so I'd do that for five minutes, and then I would go out there and I would work at my pace control and reading greens. So if I could find a, a, a way, and I'd like to do this, and when we move to California, I'd like to think that I am gonna do this, and I I, well, I am now, I've just made, made it known publicly that I'm gonna do it, but devise a system for me which is gonna do start line and my mechanics at the beginning, then it's gonna be about pace control and then about green reading, and if I can encapsulate all of those three into around about a 15 to 20 minute session, I think that'd be really useful for golfers, and I think So I think you've got two choices. If let's say you're going to play a competition, you're going out there to play a competition, it's a Saturday medal, you're teeing off at 8.30, you've done a warm up. you're down by the putting green, you've got 20 minutes before you need to start walking towards the tee.
0: They haven't got 20 minutes, they're just getting out of the car and Mm,
1: running to the the tee. Well, I spoke to Chris Crane yesterday after the night out he had for you with your birthday, he's teeing off at 7.45, he turned up at 7.44. Did he really? Uh, he topped his first shot, obviously. And uh, yeah, he had, to get a li- he had to get a lift to the golf club because he wasn't actually legal to drive. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good night. He, was, yeah. re- he was really happy that they were, they were six down with six to play and they only lost three and two. Good he no was no actually no. really quite happy, <laughs> <laughs> him and Chaz. Anyway, so if you have that 20 minutes before you go and walk to the first tee, you've got two choices. You either devise a calibration system like that or you pick someone and play them and say, right, Dave, come on, me and you. Right, Amy, me and you, we're taking each other on and we're gonna pay, play for a pound, play for a drink, whatever it is. Put some sort of consequence, maybe the person that cleans the clubs, whatever, and take them on. So either way, you're, you're ticking both boxes. You're either getting warmed up competitively or you're getting warmed up by calibration. And it's not that hard to figure out, so I'll definitely recommend it. That'd be one, another one for me.
0: Okay, let's get into my final one then. And this one is, I would I would hire a coach. I think one of the things that is really important is accountability. If you want to if you want to, if you want to achieve something, then being accountable to somebody else is is so important because it, it keeps you it, it keeps you motivated, it drives you to actually take some action. Now unfortunately human beings, we tend to let ourselves off the hook. I don't need to practise today, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I don't need to do that today, I'm gonna rest, I'm tired, whatever it might be. But having accountability creates that urgency and creates that motivation for you to do it because you're accountable to somebody else, you don't wanna let that other person down. So for me, I would go, I'm gonna hire a coach to keep me accountable, I'd maybe go and see them once a month, sorry, not yeah, once a month, and I'd go, right, what do I need to work on? And I'd go away, I'd work at that, so next time I would see them I've put in the work and I've got some progress. I've got a focus and I've got clarity on what is the most important thing that I'd need to work on because that's also a key part. How many people are out there on the driving range either not thinking of anything or thinking about four things and then next time they go to the range, they're thinking about another four things, different to the first four things. So having that clarity as well is absolutely crucial. Um, You look at people who, you know, if if you want to go and get fit, If you, go to the, if you go to the gym on your own and you're sort of left to yourself, it's, you can get some results, no question, but if you hire a, a, a personal trainer who's really going to help you and you're accountable to them and, and you're checking in with them for every week for the six weeks or however long it is, well, you don't want to let them down and you're so much more likely to achieve some results by doing that. So my third one was, would be to hire a coach. I'd want the clarity of what I want to work on, massively important,
1: and I want the accountability to keep me on track, to keep me engaged, and to keep me pushing forward. And, and by, by the way, you know, in our opinion, the, the best coach out there is me and my golf. You know, so with what we're doing with all of our members of team, me and my golf. You know, we, we we did a survey on them. We actually found out quite a few of them actually have golf lessons already. So they have got a coach, but they're still using what we do. And again, they're not muddying the water. They'll, they'll obviously be using the stuff like the coaching plans and how to get around the golf course because obviously we have loads of content on that. And I think. Look, we have to understand that when we talk about coaching, it's not just golf swing. There is so much more out there about that. And how much have we actually spoke about the golf swing today? We haven't actually spoke about how I'd change my technique for this, for that. The closest thing I got to was the go-to tee shot with the driver, but that was just a setup change and an intention uh, change. So it's really important for you to understand that it's not all about the golf swing. It's a part of it, of course it is. But some of the the some of the, the... members of Team Me and My Golf are getting some amazing results, either working without a coach and with us, or with uh, a coach and with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> I
0: think so. You got that, yeah? <laughs> I think
1: so. I was like, uh, I'm is not that, even going to figure out. Is that right what you just said? <laughs> I'm <laughs> not
0: even going to figure <laughs> out. <laughs> the good thing is he's there <laughs> going, did I say that right I'm not even sure? No, I think it's right. <laughs> Okay, do you know what? The, it's, as we're going through this, there's, there's actually loads more that uh, we, we could just carry on with. So I'm, I think we might, we might do a part two to this. Because as, as we're thinking this, I'm going, oh, I want to add this one in. Actually, I want to add this one in. There's so many what? different things yeah. that we could add in that could really help. And as you know, look, we're, on a, we're on a mission to actually help people play better golf. Yes, we want their swings be, to be better and more effective. But there's more to it, as Pierre said, there's more to playing golf than just working at technique. There's mindset, there's how you move your body, understanding that, the strategy. There's so much involved, and look, that's our passion to help you guys get the very best out of it, really. So I think we should do a part two to this and come up with another three.
1: Well, I was gonna actually write down my other ones in the description, but I'm actually gonna hold them back. Now. Hold them back, we'll do another hold one. Hold them back. We'll do another
0: one, because there's, there's so many more yeah. things in here that I think we could go through. Let's come up with another three each for next week. Another three each for next part week. Two. Part two, part two. Guys, hope you enjoyed that. Look, some really useful things there. I mean, these are the things that we would do if we were gonna compete again. So I think there's some very beneficial things that you can take from that and potentially put into your practice. Uh, Think about that this week um, to hopefully help you play some better golf. If you haven't yet downloaded the Me and My Golf app, it is now live. It's been live for a few weeks. You can video your golf swing on there. You can draw the analysis tools on there to help you understand your own swing. And we are doing some incredible things moving forward with the membership and with some challenges this year, so make sure you download the app, check it out, you get access to all our free content and all our premium content, the plans and everything else, um, and join the Facebook group over there as well because uh, people are getting some incredible results.
1: Yeah, we're right in the middle of 30 day goal swing transformation at the moment and we have got lots of goal swings we're going through, but some, actually some really good ones, but there's definitely some people need some help as well, so really enjoying doing that at the moment. and. Yes, we shall see you. Oh, we got a part two coming up. Part two next Brilliant. week.
0: Thanks, guys, and have a great week, and we'll speak to you soon.
1: See you later.